Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Folks. It is Biscuits, colon, a hockey podcast. Last week it was Down Goes Brown, colon, a Leafs funeral podcast. But this week it is Lozo, colon, again he is right in his analysis. Because, yeah, he, you know, he had the Vegas series correct. Vegas beat San Jose. And yeah, he said Tampa would beat Boston. Sure, that's great. But the pioneering vision of me led, I think, the Washington Capitals to a six-game second-round series win against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and it's kind of great that it happened Monday in six because now I can take a victory lap all week on every podcast that I host or will visit because I've earned it as as the Moses of hockey failures. I don't know. I'm kind of lost here in the metaphor. But I'm Dave, and you know my, my buddy who's here. Hi, Sean. Speaking of hockey failures... Hi everybody! It is it's it's Sean, and I feel like I feel very awkward about this because under ordinary circumstances, I could be all over this Caps thing because I also picked them to win this series. I picked them in five. Oh, did you? People thought, people thought I was crazy. Hmm. I picked them in five, and they won in six. I've I've for years been saying, you know what? That this someday they're going to get it done. I tweeted when they were down two nothing to Columbus that they were going to win the Stanley Cup. That's so, right. I mean, I normally I I would be doing the victory lap except I arrive at the bandwagon and and who is driving the bandwagon? The captain of the Capitals bandwagon, Captain Dave. And you're right. I I think you inspired them. Uh Thank I you. I thought it was touching to see them especially in overtime all all on the bench looking down at their what would Lozo do bracelets. Mhm. Mm-hmm. That they've been wearing all playoffs, and I just uh, I thought it was you know it was cool that that Ovechkin gave you the shout out in the post game interview. Mm-hmm. That was nice. So here's my question: mm-hmm. it, it already seems like there is this consensus forming that the Tampa Bay Lightning have reached their fully evolved form and yeah. are now officially yeah. terrifying, yeah, and are going to win this series. So what the people want to know is. Is Dave Lozo and the Washington Capitals just happy to be here? Is it done? Is the pressures off? Or is are they only, as a wise man once said, halfway there? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. 
and, living and, living without Eric Fair. Wow. Check <laughs> a check a rabbit over there in the Brooklyn studio. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. it. Are are you you know, I not not to get ahead cuz I don't know maybe we're doing picks or something later. I don't know if we can, but are is is this it or are are they halfway to a Stanley Cup and you're you're riding all the way? Well, here's here's the thing before we before I I I let the world know what latest intelligent hockey thought I have, but um, you said five. I said I believe I said five or six, and so that kind of was like a hedge a little bit. But wait, can we do that? Let's <laughs> pick. I was making two different picks on each I'm podcast. Say, the first I, round, you know what? So. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Capitals or Lightning. Put me down. <laughs> but the Caps really should have won that series in five because they they blew game one. They're up two nothing with whatever it was, seventeen eighteen minutes to go. They lost that game. They, the one game they lost the, the game in Pittsburgh was the one game that was kind of evenly played. And for the most part, the Caps probably could have gone five and one in those six games. So while it, they won in six, it really wasn't as tight a six game series. And maybe it wouldn't it have gone six. But they could have won five games in every one of the series against the Penguins. Like if we were only counting the games mm. that the Capitals couldn't have won, they've, you know, they, like that's that's the appeal of the Washington Capitals in the playoffs. Mm. They're always two goals up. And then something happens. So I think I think my inspiration. Also, it probably would have it would have probably gone fewer games if they had listened to me right away and said, you know what, maybe Devonte Smith Pelly on the top line is not a good idea. How about we put this Verona kid out there? And then what does he do in six minutes? Scores scores a goal, sets up another one, and then they go back to Chandler Stevenson, who I still don't think is a real person, by the way. Chandler Stevenson <laughs> sounds like a name you would make up in like a like a daytime soap opera, like oh. I'd like you to meet my I mean, new lover, if, Chandler if, Stevenson. If you want any more evidence that they are doing this postseason as a tribute to you, <laughs> the fact that somebody named Chandler factors prominently into this. Although he almost blew it, man. Like he was yeah. he was late getting out on the Latangle in game six because he didn't puck the flex off him. It's kind of fluky, but he wasn't the play before that, he actually does get out there better and the puck gets through, but this time he's kind of like eh, and the puck bounces off him. And then later he has a beautiful setup that he I, I don't know if he missed the net by fewer than nine feet but he 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 was only like four feet away so it's kind of hard to miss the net by that much in that situation um but here here's the thing is is during my victory lap on twitter last night i i of course re 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 up the uh the piece from like two weeks ago or however long ago it was where i was like this is it caps are going to the third Mm -hmm. round and it was kind of interesting to see people like re-click on it and reread it and then get to the last line of that thing which says Oh, by the way, and then Tampa's going to win the conference finals in like three games, and that was before Nick Backstrom got hurt. So, yeah, um, I did drive the bandwagon, Sean. I I, I was behind the oh wheel, my but I I am um, I'm parking. Why? It. Why no. does the guy driving the bandwagon have one hand on the passenger door? <laughs> why is he unbuckling his seatbelt at high speed? I, I took the bandwagon as far as it can go, and now since really? you said you said in the first round, you're right. You tweeted when they were down two zero. They're either going to lose in four, or they're going to come back and win the series and win the cup. So, technically, you do have your bandwagon license to to, to operate the vehicle. While I while I hop Are you over, tagging me in to drive the Washington Capitals bandwagon. I am barrel rolling out the door, and and you're you're oh like Keanu goodness. Reeves. You're like Keanu Reeves, and I'm the I'm the bus driver that gets shot. Only instead of getting shot, I'm getting on the Tampa Nashville Stanley Cup final bandwagon. That's my this new bandwagon. This is going to be the most crushing thing that has happened in Washington sports <laughs> in the the last quarter of a century. I'm stunned. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Wow. All right. So there you go. <laughs> Load on, Washington. You've got a you've got a Maple Leafs fan driving your playoff bandwagon. 
good luck with that. I really thought it was going. I really thought once if I mean, I don't know if if Pittsburgh scores the winner in overtime, they for sure win game seven. But the idea that the Caps were going to have to see the way I kind of thought it was going to go was the Penguins played two games without Malkin and the Caps screwed one of them up. And I thought that the Caps were going to play two games without Backstrom and the Penguins were going to step on their throats in both games. But the Penguins just I, I mean, as we do this, we haven't seen the exit interviews yet, but. I would say at least half of their key guys must have been playing with something severe because they were just yeah. they, they just looked so not fast, so not quick. They were they were getting like beat the pucks by some Australian guy who apparently is from Australia. Like it was just one of these <laughs> games where they like the caps the, the penguins look like the team that I, I don't even know how to describe it. They look like the Kings in terms of their speed, but like the Caps in terms of their talent level with all the injuries and they were just getting run over for most not run over. I mean it was close, but I was I was really stunned by the 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 way they came out and played that game. But first of all, I'm not going to just stand by and let you insult Australians. Oh, top of the four check, mate. Is that, right. is, that, is, that, is that a thing? Yeah, that was bang on. You nailed it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I I'm I'm curious to see that. Like that, I'm always for every team. It's always like that, right? Where you're you're like, what was wrong with this guy? He he didn't want it bad enough, and then he's like, yeah, my sternum was powder. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So. I actually lost nine ribs in a check earlier in the season. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I've, exactly. been playing, I've been playing down nine ribs. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, but full credit to the Capitals. Like, I, I'll be honest, I just as a fan, a, a relatively neutral hockey fan, I was hoping the Penguins were going to win last night just for the spectacle of a game seven. Uh, and and what that might look like, but uh, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy for the Capitals. I'm happy for Capital fans. I'm happy for Alexander Ovechkin, who can, you know, temporarily get away from that stupid narrative about not not coming up big when it when it matters. Mm-hmm. And you know, here's the thing: like, I, I know a lot of people are looking at the Lightning right now, and they're like, they've, you know, each of the, both of their first two series, five games. So you know, they're the Lightning are eight and two in the playoffs. The Capitals. Once they actually switched back to Braden Holpe and went to their actual good lineup, are also eight and two. So I don't know that that series. I feel like is I haven't decided who I'm picking yet, although I'm leaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I think it's it's going to be closer than people think, and it's going to be interesting to see because I'm always like it, like narratives around psychology and that are almost always overdone. But I, I do think there is some truth to the idea that when you're in a situation like this if you're the capitals there's kind of two lanes you can either just be happy to be there like we like we did it we got the monkey off our back and now if we go and we get rolled by the lightning that's that's fine because nobody can ever throw that you know we we never make it out of the second round thing at us again or it's the pressure's off and now it's you know it's like you've been swinging the bat with the weights on it in the on deck circle and then you bang them off and you go up and now you feel like suddenly you know they're underdogs everybody seems like they're going to be picking the lightning you know now it's kind of like you're you're playing with house money a little bit and what the hell let's go out there and uh and and you know maybe we we win this one too and and who knows where it ends up so i don't know that's going to be that's going to be a an interesting series and a good series too like we're uh, you know, this this year's playoffs, there have been virtually no upsets, but the end result has been we've been 
we're, we're getting good series all the way along the way. And this, this one's going to be a real good one. And whatever we wind up with for a Stanley cup is, is going to be good. And whatever we get in the West is going to be good. Here's, here's where you're totally wrong. First round wasn't, wasn't that great. It was okay. Second round has been awesome because the second round has had the, all these great matchups, whether it's the two best teams in the conference, whether it's Penn's caps. And then like Vegas, San Jose was just two evenly matched teams. So that worked out really well. My, my, I, here's what I think is going to happen now is Tampa's going to just absolutely throttle the caps because either Backstrom, I mean, we don't know what Backstrom has, but it's probably like a broken hand. I mean, if you take a puck in the hand and then you leave the game like 40 minutes later and then you can't play the next game, you probably have a broken hand. If he plays and he's healthy or not healthy, if he plays with a broken hand, that's, that's, that's a huge problem. So I don't know how the caps depth can compare and compete with the lightning's depth. Like maybe if they get all their goals against Dan Girardi, they can maybe do something. And in the West, Nashville, I think Nashville's going to win game seven for sure. But if Nashville plays Vegas, I really think Nashville's going to roll Vegas. I don't think Vegas is going to be able to compete with Nashville. Winnipeg, Nash- or Winnipeg, Vegas, I think could be an interesting conference final because it's just two teams that are basically new there. Like, yeah, they got a couple guys who have won the cup or gone to a conference final before, but it's still Winnipeg is the deeper, more talented team. So this is where I feel like in two weeks we'll come back here and instead of me being right about my analysis about the Caps, it'll be me being right about my analysis in terms of we got to stop making the second round so awesome because it ruins the third round because the third round creates the uneven matchups that should exist in earlier rounds. But you know what? You're a Caps bandwagon guy now and I'm not. So maybe you're right. You know, let me just say two things on the the playoff format. Number one, I mean, we've got – two number one seeds in the East and potentially two number ones in the West. So that's, that's how it's supposed to work. If, if it, if you still don't like those matchups, that's because they're not ones, they're division winners. They're the ones from their division. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm. the, the other thing is that's interesting. Cause I mentioned this on Twitter last night and a lot of people didn't know this and, and were surprised is that if Winnipeg wins that series, Winnipeg will go and play Vegas. Winnipeg will have home ice, mm-hmm. even though they're a number two, and Vegas is number one. Under your precious one through eight system that we used to get, it wouldn't have worked that way because under that system, they did give the higher seed to the division winners. So Vegas would have had home ice even though they finished way behind Winnipeg in the standings. So sometimes... Well, you can just change sometimes that. Sometimes this stuff where... you The NBA, the NBA does that, could. right? Doesn't the NBA do it where I, you win your division and you're behind, you get the I think seed, so. right? That, that's that's, I think that's so. the way to do Which it. Which is how it should be. I yeah. mean, it's... it's And, you know, I never... You know, like we we just accept it in the NFL. Like for some reason, the NFL, like it's I know week two, and it's like a you know a twelve and four team is like at a nine and seven team, and we're all like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but anyways, I just you know this is I hear you. I, th- I hear this you. is you're right. The first round was a total dud, but second round has been great, and I think I think the the next the last three series, whatever combinations they end up being, are are shaping up to be good. And I think this I think the caps lightning series is going to be better than people think and and the other thing is you know as much as i'm with you on nashville and or winnipeg being better than than vegas a i'm done trying to pretend like i know what's going to happen with with the golden knights and b they're going to have been off for a week and they're going to be playing a team that just finished a really tough seven game series so i i don't know that you necessarily want to be off for a week when the number one thing that's that's pushing you through the playoffs is a red hot goalie on a monster streak. Maybe you don't want to be off for a week then. Cause maybe that, you know, Mark Andre Fleury resets a little bit, but 
uh, I mean, playoffs, we know it's a two months, it's a war of attrition. And when you have, you know, th- this will be the second time that Vegas gets lots of time off in between series that that does add up. Let's touch on Tampa real quick, even though this is the series I, I found the most boring, even though it was good. Um, go back to the trade deadline and Boston and Tampa. I mean, they were pretty much neck and neck all season. If Boston wins the last game of the regular season, they have home ice in that series. That's how close they were. And Tampa went out and said, give me Ryan McDonough. Give me JT Miller. We're going for it. And the Bruins said, give me Brian Gianta. Give me Nick Holden. We're going for it. And Rick Nash, even though we all know what Rick Nash is at this point. And I'm not saying that Boston wins the series if they do something a little bolder and bigger at the deadline, but I feel like this is this is what you do when you have a team that can win the cup is you 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 push all in you get yourself Ryan McDonough for a year and a half and Boston well, and that's it too uh, they didn't they didn't just do the rental you know yeah. they, they they spent the first round pick and I'd rather uh, spend the first for McDonough than Rick yeah like Dennis. I don't I don't I, I don't necessarily want to say it was a hockey trade because you know it was still you know kind of a rebuild rental situation but it was a longer term one yeah Rick I, I mean I I, I kind of like the Rick Nash move at the time but clearly that didn't that wasn't what they were looking for. You understand it. Having having watched them play two series, you could understand why they would look at this team and go, you know what? We've got the best first line maybe in the entire league, but we need that scoring depth because that kind of deserted them in that Tampa series. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, they, you know, and they said, let's get it, let's get us a 38-point guy for a first-round pick to help our yeah. scoring. Yeah, that was good. And don't you feel like Rick Nash, I, I wrote this somewhere else, but don't you feel like Rick Nash now is going to enter the phase of his career where it's he's just going to, He's going to hit that like Jagger phase where he's in like a different team every couple of years and getting traded at the deadline. I hope so. And just like like the just wandering the wandering the earth in search of that Stanley Cup and like every, he'll be 36 and coming off an 11 goal season and some team will be like, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You First overall pick, man. Yeah. He must have been, yeah. Every <laughs> every fan base needs to go through the Rick Nash thing where they get Rick Nash exactly. and they're like, this is we it. We almost got Jagger to every team in the league, and then now this is, like, he's played for three teams right now. I feel like he's going to have, like, 10 by the time he's done. And by the way, apparently, looking at the numbers from that series, if you went out there against uh, as a, as a Dino Chara D pairing, you got crushed, and then you went out there against anybody else, and it was just freewheeling. Mm-hmm. And Zidane Char, last time I checked, is like fifty-seven years old. So, yeah, yeah, maybe. like we don't we we don't ever talk about Boston as like a closing window team, and I think that's partly because we didn't realize the window was as open as it was. It took took yeah. some of us some time to figure out how good they were. They got a mix, but yeah, I mean Patrice Bergeron's not twenty-four. You know, Marchand's not young. It's you know Pasternak is obviously they got Charlie McAvoy. They got guys. Uh, you know, they're they're not going to bottom out or anything. But when you look at the key guys on that team, Tukarask and Chera, definitely, uh, you know, they're they're an older team. So, uh, you know, I don't think I don't think the window slams shut now, but it's it's getting there. Yeah. What, what did you think? I mean, we I, I we're probably all hot taked out on this topic, but we should touch on Brad Marchand mm-hmm. licking Ryan Callahan, uh, which. <laughs> I saw you, you you wrote a piece about it and and you you really enjoyed this story. You thought it was it's the, really made the league look fantastic. It's it's so dumb on so many just dumb 
like like I always uh, we've talked about this I think on this podcast where it people always say hey what'd you think of this and you're like it was stupid and you're like oh yeah real great criticism you can't come up with something better than stupid like sometimes something is just stupid and Brad Marchand licking multiple people the NHL not doing anything about it before it got to the second lick of the playoffs and not only not doing anything but like actively denying I know that they had done anything and we should, it, let's just touch on that for a second only because there was like he did it in the first round against Leo Komarov there was a story reported by a couple of people that the league had reached out and told him to knock it off yeah. and then he denied that and then the league denied that and I saw a bunch of people who were like ah oh, you know fake news a bunch of these reporters just made it I don't think so. they didn't make it up yeah, what happened so. this you know I have no inside information on this but when you see something like this typically what that means is that the league did reach out, but they did it in unofficial ways. You know, they had somebody like somebody go tell the Bruins to talk to this guy uh, without it being a formal directive from the league. So when they say, you know, though, no, the league didn't reach out. They're technically being being accurate, but I'm sure somebody some point kind of told him to knock it off. And he didn't knock it off uh, because he can't seem to help himself and yeah i mean and pretending is... and pretending that the warning never happened gets them out of punishing him because then they can be like I we guess. never warned him because if you punish him going into an elimination game without their like, best I'm not, player i'm not saying you suspend the guy but and, and i also i mean it should be a penalty yeah but I, yeah you know of course it's a penalty it's it's it, unsportsmanlike you've got whatever in there I, you know, I'm not saying you necessarily suspend him, but I do. And, and I think this is where I, I part ways from you a little bit. Like, I think Ryan Callahan's got a point when he says, how is this that different from him spitting on me? It's very different. It's not very Why different. different. It's though. not very different. It's, it's, it's you're, it's you're different. taking saliva out of your mouth and putting it on the other guy's face. Yeah. Like, but if you spit the fact on that, someone, like how far away, whether the spit, whether the saliva has to flow through the air a couple of inches first, doesn't seem like it should be. The difference between uh, no big deal and kick the guy out of the league. Okay, in one, in one, there's way more saliva. You're, 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 you're conjuring. You're, I you're, don't know. you're pulling up your know. saliva in your mouth where there might First be some of all, food I'm, particles as I well. Ref- I am not going to rule out the idea that Brad Marchand absolutely did that before. I, I don't. Did what? He could. I could totally see him switching it around in there to kind of get the. Uh, oh. Get the mixture going before get the, get the moist tongue going. I, yeah. I I love I love that. I love the fact that once they finally had to come out and say something publicly, the NHL refused to say the word licking. <laughs> yeah, I love that. How on NBC, that was so great. And on NBC, it was it was Kenny uh, Kenny Albert. Uh, God, who was calling that game? Was it Pierre and 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 Eddie? I forget who it was. But the three people in the booth, they they also weirdly would not say the word licking although they had like a, a split screen of like four different areas of of brad marchand kissing and or licking opponents but they would not say the word licking which i thought was weird it was also funny too because they were like uh the nhl has spoken to Col- or spoken to brad marchand about his actions last night against ryan callahan and i'm like you know what? like four seconds earlier he tried to end his career with a low bridge it was was that the action or it was the saliva thing right okay it was the saliva yeah. thing and that's the other, that was kind of the other take I didn't like from some people where they're like, you know, oh, but, you know, hits to the head are okay, but like, mm-hmm. like they're two different categories. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very, like, hits to the head is important. And, you know, yes, the league needs to figure this out, but it's a different category. It's still can, something that happens right. in the flow of the game versus somebody just being a dink 
for the purpose of getting themselves. But like this only happens in hockey. I'm so tired of us celebrating this stuff. Not that anyone's celebrating what Marchand did, but we did. Oh, we there celebrate were there were this. people for sure. Oh, there well, were people. There probably were. Oh yeah, it was were, weird. Yeah. It was so weird. But, you know, it, but this is what we do, right? Like if 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 it's not that. You know, the, there's there's always these there's always been these guys who are the agitator, and they go out there for no other reason than to try to get somebody on the other team to punch them in the face, mm-hmm. so that their team gets a penalty, or the, you know that team gets a penalty, their team gets a power play, they score a goal, and then we all go, "Oh, what a great veteran move! What a savvy! <laughs> uh, you love a guy like that on your team, and the other team just can't take the bait, and what a great move!" And it's like the guy's just being a dink, like that. You don't like that in Sean. any other. Sp- language i i apologize i'm sorry i know there's canadians listening to this but but like we don't you don't have that in other so i i know like in other sports guys try to get under people's skin or they try to yeah but but i mean but you know there's not like a guy on the you know on on the bench where they're like ah okay oh lebron's okay you go out there and just like give him a wet willy and see if he turns around and (laughs) like cold cocks you and you know that's your role and uh, and everyone's like, oh, he's really good at that. Like I can, like mm-hmm. I and and you know, it's ridiculous. Marchand's doing that in the first place because he's talented enough. Of course, he doesn't need to do any of this. But I'm I'm, just, I'm so tired of us celebrating these guys. And every team has one. I if you're listening to this, you're and you're like, my favorite team doesn't. They either do or they have recently had this sort of guy, and you loved it. You thought it was fantastic when it was your guy. And but I I don't know. Mm. I'm. I'm I'm tired of it. Stop licking people, please. All right. Simple. Please. That's Simple. that's my Simple that's request. my strong strong take. Just don't lick people. Don't lick people. That's all. I I, I yeah. but, but the thing too is how the mainstream, you know, old guard hockey media types were all very much like, my word, how dare this this thuggish brute run his tongue across an opponent's face the way he would. Hey, what'd you what'd you think of that Tom Wilson thing where he picked Brian Dumoulin and said, look. Like accidents happen in hockey. You know what? It's a beautiful yeah. game. It's our game. It's gonna happen sometime. Whoa, 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 but the licking was bad. Oh, how dare he say? Uh, how just, dare he mock the game? Two different uh, things. You know what I hope happens in the next round? I hope Tom Wilson hits somebody with a headshot, and as they're twitching on the ice, he bends down and licks them. <laughs> That'll be the only thing that could unite everyone. Thirty-four percent of hockey writers' heads explode. And just that, yeah. that's it. We can't cover it anymore. Um. You know what? Let's let's take the break here. This way, we can come back and do Vegas, San Jose, and the rest of this stuff because we're we're like we're teetering towards the middle, and we got a firm hour today. So we're gonna come back and do Vegas. We're gonna do the magic and the coincidence that, that is Rod Brendamore happening to be the most quali- happening to be the most qualified Crazy. guy for the Carolina job, it. and uh, the Leafs, some Leaf stuff. We're we're a Sens Leafs podcast, and uh, yeah, and the Sedins. We're, people are getting mad at us, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get down with the Sedins at the end of the show too. So stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. (laughs) 
Here's the thing about Marc Andre Fleury and the uh, the the gypsy woman who granted him the powers that he has for this season is. I don't mind him making a bunch of saves, Sean. I really don't. If his save percentage is 985, that's great. But all these pucks that seemingly go through him and wide or hit posts, that to me, to me, that's that's where the payment for this this spell that that was cast upon him. That's where it's unfair. That's where it's not fun for me. Like I'd like to see a couple goals go in against Marc Andre Fleury before the postseason is over, and it's just not happening. And it, it kind of takes away like like the San Jose game. Once it got to two nothing in Game Six, I was just like, oh, oh, that's the. He made the wish, and now he's never gonna he's never gonna get up a goal. So, oh well. Yeah. Yeah. When you're when you're hot, you're hot. You know that. Like I've I've had a <laughs> lot of bad takes in my day, but I think one of the worst. I can't remember where I made it. I I can't remember if it was on on here or somewhere. Hopefully, it wasn't in print where people can find it. But I remember saying when Flurry went to the Knights, I was like, well, you know what? This isn't a bad fit because he's not bad during the regular season. He's no good in the playoffs, but the Knights won't make the playoffs. Uh, so they don't need a goaltender who's going to be good in the playoffs. And it was like it was like I was <laughs> horrifically wrong from yeah. like three different angles. Like they all kind of formed together into the Voltron of bad, incorrect takes. That's great. And yeah, I feel like I'm he's 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 been amazing. Now, you know, we've seen goalies be amazing through two rounds before and and have it not 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 fall apart but uh, you know come come back to come back to the real world so i yeah i don't know that but that you know th- this is in in this ridiculous miracle season like this this is where the test comes because i think all of us looked at that pacific division and said okay you know what any of those four teams could come out of that division it's clearly the weakest of the four uh and you know vegas having home ice and winning that division isn't anyone's idea of a shock, but yeah, they, they should be the underdogs to whoever they end up facing. But again, they're, they're well rested. They're going to be healthy. They're going to, they're going to start on the road for the first time, but yeah. uh, yeah. I, I, I think they have no chance of beating Nashville. None whatsoever. I don't think they would beat Winnipeg, but I think they'd have a chance to beat Winnipeg. That's, that's kind of my, my feeling about where Vegas is. Cause like you said, they've been playing teams that aren't that good. And now Nashville and Winnipeg are going to be this huge step up. They're so deep. They're going to be able to just run over. I think the, the not quite as deep, but still sort of deep Vegas team. And also in non Vegas news, I, I, I do love how weird Pittsburgh is as a city where they are longing for Mark Andre Fleury at this point after up until, you know, 12 hours ago, Matt Murray was undefeated in the Stanley Cup playoffs. He had never lost a postseason series and only knew Stanley Cups. He replaced a goaltender who was so bad for four years that they, they brought in Thomas Vokun. They brought in Tomas Grice. They were desperate to have somebody in the playoffs who could make saves. And he was so bad that Matt Murray finally had to take over for him. And now here we are in 2018 and people are just like, man, the Penguins got to be so mad they let Flurry go. Yeah. which is that's i mean that's the worst kind of oh. revisionist because there was like under what circumstances none could none. that have happened they none. could not keep both guys and if you think they were going to keep the 30 something guy and not the guy who was 
a rookie had was coming off technically his rookie season and was about to win his second Stanley Cup. Two rookie seasons, technically. I think he two was rookie technically seasons, a rookie two Stanley Cups by that yeah. by that point. I mean, the the only thing, if you want to look back in hindsight and say could the Penguins have handled it differently, I wonder if rather than basically making the handshake deal with the Knights midseason, which it sounds like they they already had that that worked out, if they could have held on to him and, and maybe shopped him around the league and seen if they could have could have got more for him at that point, especially after he, he played really well during last year's playoff run versus basically already having that that deal in the bank. Well, but no, no, that's, that, no having that, the timeline is off on that because his good playoff run was in the playoffs last year. It wasn't halfway through the season. So, well, that's that's what I'm saying. If instead of making the deal halfway through the season with George McPhee, where it was like, all right, this is what we're going to do. Oh, if they had held off, waited until before the draft. And then, you know, because because that's I feel like we're not talking enough about that mistake league wide because everyone's looking at the, the expansion draft and going, well, a lot of these teams made bad trades with the Knights. That seems to be where the conventional wisdom is settled that that, you know, that a lot of teams just kind of panicked and made these deals. But my question is how come all these teams were making deals with the Knights and not making deals with each other? I know, like, right? You know, I've got a defenseman. You've got like that Sammy Vatten and Adam Henrik deal. Like why couldn't that have been made last June and helped both teams get get uh, get their rosters in better shape for you know, for the expansion draft then? How come they we didn't see, you know, 30 teams working with each other instead of everybody rushing to work with this one team. And I think the reason they did that is because they all figured, well, even if I make a mistake, it's going to be buried on a bad expansion team exactly, and not come back to haunt me. But um, yeah, I, I mean, there's, well, there's so much revisionist history going on with that expansion draft and how it was set up. And if, if I hear one more fan act like this was I know. rigged for, oh, that is the worst. Oh, it's so bad. Like anytime you say anything nice about the Knights, somebody shows up in your mentions and is like, "Well, what did, what did we expect after the way that they set up that? Like what? That they each they got the tenth best player from every team, right? Like if you come to my mentions and and the like the Penguins have beaten the Caps and you were like, "Hey, idiot! Nice job with the Caps!" Like okay, yeah, I, I'm I'm an idiot. I was wrong, but the idea that like oh the Vegas Golden Knights are this Final Four team in their first year of existence, like the 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 night they they knocked out. Um, San Jose, like I just re-upped my thing from the preseason where I said they were going to be the worst team ever or whatever. I tweeted it out. I'm like, here you go, you know, make fun of it. It's fine. And like an hour later, like I went to bed, I woke up in the morning, I, I checked Twitter and there's my mentions there. And some like radio shock DJ guy from like Vegas or something like added me on Twitter. He just added me. He didn't like put a period before it. He added me and was like, hey, I want everyone to see what a moron you were about the Vegas Golden Knights. And first of all, I'm like, hey, I tweeted out to all my followers like 45 minutes before this. I'm pretty sure this is how you discovered this piece of, of writing on the internet. B, if you just at me, the only people who are going to see this are you, me, and anyone who follows both of us, which I'm sure is like nine people. And C, nobody knew this was going to happen. Maybe there were some yeah. people out there who were like, maybe they could be a playoff team. Nobody, you, you... You, you, you revisionist Mark Andre Fleury loving Vegas draft revising jerky jerks. Yeah, sorry for this. The language. Uh, every time I see this, I, you know, it's my challenge is very simple. Show me one person, one, one. Like, show me one take. I'll, I'll take a tweet. I'll take anything. Not somebody who made a bet. Don't tell me somebody because you know you give two hundred to one odds. People are going to put money down. <laughs> show me one person after the expansion draft who was like. 
call me crazy, but I think this is a Final Four team. I think these guys are going to run over like one, one out of billions of hockey fans. I'm not even. They don't have to be media. They don't have to be. It doesn't have to be a hockey man. It can be anybody. Hockey. hockey any, give me one person who said, "Oh, this is going to be William Carlson's big break. This is the yeah. moment he's been waiting I for." Can't it. believe that they're going to have a fantastic first line. They're going <laughs> to run away with the Pacific Division, and I think they're going to at least the Final Four. Write it down on June 30th that I'm making this prediction. <laughs> Find me one person, and then I'll buy into this idea. And and then the other, the the offshoot of that terrible take is. Well, now they've they've got to change the rules for Seattle. They're not going to. <laughs> Dude, Seattle's paying six hundred and fifty yeah. million. They're not changing nothing. I don't. And they, you know, that's people are like, ah, these teams. You know, they had to lose a player for nothing. No, they lost a player for fifteen million dollars. Right. I. You right. know what? If 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 you called up the Sabers and were like, do you have any like a William Carrier type guy that <laughs> you can give us, and we'll give you fifteen million dollars? Like that's what that's what they paid for Wayne Gretzky. In that trade, I'm pretty sure every one of these teams would have given up their 10th best player for $15 million. Uh, and now they're getting $20 million. They're not, they're not changing nothing. Nope. But what, what should change is the GMs who are, who have their jobs. First of all, Chuck Fletcher's already out. So there's not going to be an Alex Tuck, Eric Walla situation because Minnesota's going to be like, yeah, no, we've actually changed ownership here. Uh, we, we run this business differently. Uh, you're going to take our 14th best forward because you can just yeah. take them. It's fine. We're not going to give you guys to or make sure if you we don't, don't want you. Yeah. If, if we think our, you know, that guy is too good, we're going to trade him to somebody else. That's, I feel bad for Seattle in that sense because they're not going to get to be, to make any trades with anybody. Nope. Like it's, it's going to be the overcorrection where because the Columbus Blue Jackets got burned, suddenly it'll be like nobody trades with the expansion team. But you can trade with each other, GMs. I don't know if you're aware. It can really happen. I think, no, what you said is right, though. They don't want to trade with each other because they'd rather have dumped guys onto a team that they thought wasn't going to be good for five years. And now it's it's completely and utterly backfired. And it's just great, man. It's great. Do you, you think... Know, like- it'll be a good it'll be a good position to be in and you know if if there's any teams out there if anyone's rebuilding if you can get into a spot before the seattle draft where you've got you know like you know how you you say teams have cap space and you know they can use that if you've got expansion space in the sense that you know maybe you got a young team you got guys that don't have to be protected and you've got an extra three spots to work with right where you're going to be able to get three pretty good players very cheap because other GMs who don't want to lose their guy for nothing, but also are now terrified to trade with an expansion team will be looking to dump on, you know, Arizona or whoever it is. And you'll be able to get some pretty good players for, for next to nothing just because next to nothing is better than actual nothing. That's, that's my motto. That's on my Tinder bio. It says (laughs) what's better, nothing or, or this next, next to nothing. Um, Nashville wins Game Seven, right? We're 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 like two days out here. We can we can predict that, right? Well, not necessarily. I, you know what? I picked. I, who? What was my pick? I know I picked Winnipeg. I said Jets in seven. So you know what? I gotta, I gotta stick with Jets in seven. The the series has gone weird on us because we've had we had four really good games, and then we had Winnipeg going to Nashville and stomp them, and then Nashville comes into Winnipeg and stomps them. So I don't feel like home ice is huge. I, yeah, I'm. I mean, it's a coin flip, but I'm gonna. I'm. I'm sticking with my my Winnipeg pick. Here, here's my advice to to Coach Peter Laviolette. It seems to me, 
you lived your life like a candle in the wind. No, it seems to me Pekka Rene will either be a goalie so good that they will want to rename the Vezina Trophy after him, or he will give up seven goals on 21 shots. So if he gets beat early in game seven, just put in UC Saros. Doesn't matter how good or bad the goal is. If he gets beat on a four so on yeah, O. This is your this is your bullpen theory of Yes. Yes. Because for whatever reason, whether it's Rene himself or the team just completely crumbling around him, once that first goal seems to go in against the Jets, everything seems to go off the rails. So just before it goes off the rails, you you, you walk out to the mound, you signal for the I don't know, the 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 not as tall guy. I don't know what you'd do for that. And then you just go, get in there. It's your game there, youngster. And then you yep. let you see what happens if he struggles? Well, then you then go to the accountant. You just, you, you like, you go, you go, Carrie, uh, Carrie, a great national anthem tonight. How do you feel about the butterfly technique for the next two periods? And then you just keep, you just keep going until you find the winning combination. Keep doing it. I don't know, man. That, I mean, that crowd's going to be crazy, but they, they were crazy and went, but like, what is it about playoff hockey crowds? Like when, when, when things go bad and people are like, well, the crowd went quiet. Like that's not quiet. That's anti-noise. Like, I feel like you could, whatever that Winnipeg crowd was doing in the third period, like you could put that, they should bring that to like people who have to live next to airports and just blanket the place with that. And (laughs) total beautiful silence because they just go so quiet. You know, you know what I'm tired of? And I could see that happening in game seven. This is the one thing I'm tired of is not the one thing we're talking about. There's the one, one of one of like one of like <laughs> I eight, hope, eight I thousand. Hope there's more than one thing. Man. I, I, there's only one thing I, I definitely have less to write about every week. I'm just going to say this for announcers. I, I get the point. I get what you're saying. I understand what you mean by it. But a good road game will win you at home a game there as well. Like if Nashville goes out and plays the game they played in Game Six, they play in Game Seven at home. That game will translate to a victory. The idea that, yeah. oh man, you know they're doing a great job defensively. They're not giving up a lot of chances. They're playing a good road period. Why? Why is that not a good home period? It's I get it. There's different rules, last change and stuff. But this whole thing got to take the crowd out of it. <sighs> I mean, it, I love that. Got to uh, take the crowd out of it, which is a nice way of saying you got to be really boring. You got to score sure a goal. Nothing happens. That's it. But I can't. I can't believe this league isn't popular when literally one of the two teams every night is trying to be as boring as possible, and it never goes the other way. Like, you, like you're right. They, they always say, like, go play a good road game, which means take the crowd out of it, be boring, have nothing happen. But nobody's ever like, play a good home game, go out there, be exciting, yeah. go end to end, do crazy stuff. Let's get, let's have the crowd roaring. It's uh, like that's why Vegas is good, by the way, is that they don't play good road games. They just play a straight ahead game for 60 minutes, whether they're up to nothing or down to nothing. That's why Vegas is actually, I think, one of the reasons they're they're winning as opposed to, you know, the magic of Vegas oxygen or whatever. No. But uh, wait till they run into the Winnipeg flu, <laughs> the Winnipeg where there's flu. there is there is Wi-Fi in some places. It's terrible. It's terrible. And there was actually, I was going to say something about sunlight. I, I made a comment about Winnipeg and sunlight, and somebody got really mad at me and started sending me like weather links. And they're like, it's cold, but there is lots of sunlight. There's, like, there's no right. clouds up here, jerk. Sorry, uh, it's uh, it's it's an icy sunshine, but we're we're good. Yeah, no, I'm I will stick with the Winnipeg Jets. You going Jets over Jets over Vegas? Yeah, well, the, the Jets were my cup pick to okay. start the playoffs, and I feel like I don't know why I feel obligated to stick with that because you learn so many so much more as the playoffs go on, but I'm, I'm sticking with them. Okay. 
and I'm 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 Nashville Tampa. That's my Cup final. That's my new bandwagon. That's my new that's my new project. That's what I want to see. I want to see. That'd be a great that. series. That'd be fantastic. Man, that would be really um really fun. But 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 uh, you know the the other thing that we should just mention for people, if you're a fan of this show, and you like hear, seeing and hearing Dave and I give our takes on hockey, good news mm-hmm. because if we have a Nashville Vegas conference final followed by a Nashville or Vegas against Tampa Stanley cup. All of the hockey writers who go on the road to follow this stuff will be dead by mid June. Mm -hmm. And that's going to open up a lot of new, like Dave and I are going to be, you think we're everywhere now, boy, we're going to be all over because we'll be the only two living hockey writers in about a month and a half. We're going to divide the league up 16 and 15. We're going to become the beat writers for all those teams. Uh, we'll, yep. be, we'll be national writers for both U.S. and Canadian outlets. It'll be great. It'll be fantastic. It's going to be your only Winnipeg can save us from <laughs> a world in which it's just a bunch of hockey writers floating face down in the outside the Tiki Bar in Tampa. So a couple of non-playoff items because we are a full-service one-hour podcast. Um, we kind of knew Rod Brendamore was the front runner. Rod Brendamore is now... I believe at this point, the the head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, because it, it has been reported by Elliot Friedman, but not I trust as Elliot. of this recording confirmed. But yes, Elliot was the one it's, of the was one done. of the Brad Marchand meeting warning guys. I believe Elliot exactly. was not so, was not inaccurate when he reported that. So uh, if Elliot says it; it's going to happen. Are are you as surprised as I am that it turned out that Rod Brendamore, one of the Carolina Hurricanes all time greats, is also the most qualified guy to coach the Carolina what are Hurricanes? The odds? What are the odds? I, I didn't I just, see it coming. You know, I've we've we've been through it before, but yeah, I mean, can you imagine imagine being like Tom Dundon interviewing this guy and you're like, You're my guy, you reach across the table, congratulations, you're hired. And then you're like, Let me give you a tour of the arena and the guy's like, You know what? Believe it or not, I used to work here. And he's like, No. No way, really? And then he what? points up at the at the picture of like the Stanley Cup with like the <laughs> cap, and he's like, "You see that guy there?" And you're looking at the picture, and you're looking back at him, and at the picture, and you're like, "No, no way!" And he takes off the like glasses he was probably wearing during the interview just because he didn't, <laughs> you know, he didn't want to get the job because of who he was. Turns his head to the and, side a little bit. Me, see, yeah. See, he's see. like, "Look familiar," and you're just like, "That's crazy." They must have just <laughs> laughed and laughed. Actually, well, the thing was that the yeah. Carolina Hurricanes, the, the interview came down to three notable um, Carolina Hurricane people. It was Rod Brendamore. Uh, it was a copy of the DVD for the movie Geostorm, which is about a hurricane <laughs> that just gets out of control. And actually like a, a big old mixed plate of Carolina barbecue. And apparently Brendamore just knocked the interview out of the park and turned out he was he was the best guy for the job. So congratulations. To, to and I could just picture Brendamore like, you know, at the, the end of the interview where they're like, do you have any questions for us? And he's like, now you wouldn't like, if things don't go well, you're not going to like kick a beloved franchise player <laughs> to the curb, right? Like you're not just going to embarrass me and like just, and they're like, ah, time's up. They're like, technically, we won't kick you to the curb. We'll we'll just bump you upstairs. If you were the coach, we would literally kick you to the curb, actually, after a loss. Since you're the coach. So we'll just just... send you home. Oh, no, wait. I'm I'm, I'm confusing Carolina and Florida. They were in Carolina when they kicked Jordan on to the curb. My my apologies. That that never happened in Carolina. So, I mean, Rod Brindamore has been the assistant in Carolina. So, I mean, we're having some fun with it. It's this isn't the classic, you know, just pull a guy off the golf course yeah. type of thing. But how did, he but, get, how did he get the assistant job though? Was he, was he the most qualified? Yeah. yeah. But oh, you're right. You're and right did they, you're do right, we right. know, like, did they talk to anyone else 
around the league. I don't remember hearing. I've heard all about their GM interviews and guys pulling themselves out, but I don't remember hearing about other coaching candidates they spoke to. Yeah, I'm sure it was. And by the way, quite the murderer's row that they're apparently not only are they talking to John Ferguson Jr., but also Dave Nonis. Boy, how is Dave Nonis still available with all his success? That's crazy. That's nuts. It's nuts that Uh, every... I can't remember it at it, it, it some, it, it, there was a point, it's not true anymore, but there was a point where there was like for 20 straight years, I think it was since Pat Burns left Toronto, like literally every coach and GM who ever left the organization never worked again hmm. anywhere. And it wasn't until like, I think like Pat Quinn got the one year in Edmonton that, uh, that it finally interesting flipped. So speaking well, of Toronto. Yeah. Your, 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 your squad is, is making news, finding ways to stay in the headlines. Uh, what was it again? Like It just turned out that Mike Babcock happened to be on vacation in Arizona, yeah. so we just happened to swing by Austin Matthews' place to so, be like, what's up? Yeah, so the timeline here is that the, the, the season ends. There is, you know, there there were some, some people had questions about you know, some of Austin Matthews, how he was used, his ice time. He didn't have a great series against Boston. Uh, but you know, it didn't it didn't seem anything out of the ordinary. And then uh, I think it was Nick Kiprios reported that there may have been some conflict between Mike Babcock and Austin Matthews, and it was it was quickly denied. But it was denied in a weird way. It was denied like at, like Mike Babcock at his press conference was like, "No, I asked Austin this morning, are we good?" And he said that we were. It's like, what's he going to say? That's yeah, like <laughs> as if he's going to be like, "No, coach." Or, pulls and, out like, a list. You know, Here's what I hate about you. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like, yeah, you know, your spouse is upset and you're like, are you okay? And they're like, yes. And you're like, oh, good. All right. Whew. I thought for a moment that there was something wrong, but I've been assured everything is okay. There does seem and, to be a weird lack of trust between the two in terms of at least usage on the ice. I don't know what that translates to off the ice, but. Yeah. And and some of it is, you know, weird. I think is this is kind of what Mike Babcock does. He's a guy, he likes his veterans. He he went through it earlier in the year with Mitch Marner and, and that seemed to go well as the season went on Marner responded to it so you know I think a lot of people kind of looked at that story and went oh, okay you know on the one hand doesn't seem like that big a deal on the other hand it's kind of like ah here we go we've been it's been two years really in Toronto a pretty smooth sailing and you know without anything little getting blown up into something big but then we hear that apparently Mike Babcock was in Arizona to visit Austin Matthews like two weeks after the season and that seemed strange. That doesn't usually happen. Nope. You, usually you don't, you know, lose in the playoffs, pack up, say your goodbyes, and then two weeks later you're, like, sitting at someone's <laughs> kitchen table it's to like, get caught up. It's not like they both went to Sandals and then, like, Mike Babcock pulled up on the beach and was like, Austin, you're yeah. here too? Oh, my not, God. It, it wasn't like that, but they're kind of it's, – it's sort of being played off as almost that. Yeah, like it's being it's played weird. off as this idea that, that Mike Babcock was just in Arizona for a vacation and then was like, well, since I'm here, I might as well drop by. It would be rude not to say hello. And <laughs> I – you know, and I can't – like I, I've literally at the same time simultaneously feel like this is – this story is getting blown way out of proportion and yet also feels like there's something weird here that – is like I, I don't know like you don't just it's it's weird that the coach would just show up mm-hmm. and apparently it was also like Austin Matthews dad's birthday or something like that and like they, I don't know I like to think that Babcock just showed up unannounced 
just awkwardly rang the doorbell. Everyone was like, like, oh. They've got like banners and balloons and they're like, Austin, your boss is here. He's like, what? (laughs) He's all hammered. He's all like, oh, shit. (laughs) Walking around in a Coyotes jersey. (laughs) Just like, oh, damn it. I also also love the idea of like the offseason finally coming and like Mike Babcock and his wife are talking about where they're going to go for the offseason and she's just like looking at brochures for like London and Paris and then he's over yeah. there looking at like a Tucson Arizona <laughs> brochure and he's just gonna yeah they're he's setting up the he's setting up a tent in Austin Matthews backyard <laughs> like she's like all I, right I, I, I don't get this we, you make a lot of money why don't we just you know why don't we splurge and go crazy uh, and go no. Arizona's got a lot of great wildlife honey it's yeah. fantastic yeah. Plus, don't forget, next week we're ahead and we're going to stay in that Motel 6 outside of whatever <laughs> town in Sweden that William Nylander lives in. and going to go visit him, too. Uh, one other Toronto thing, and we'll do the questions because we're, we're closing in on the end of the show. It's weird that Kyle Dubas isn't the GM yet, right? Like, what are you waiting for? Why is... Why, yeah, why, I don't, what's I don't know what's, what's happening there. I, you know, there may be reasons. There's been... I saw... One suggestion that maybe the the league has asked them to hold off until there was a break in the playoff schedule, which I guess would be now because there's not going to be a break between round two and three. So you know maybe they would they would do it now so as not to partially upstage uh, some something else that was happening. I've also seen suggested that they could be like Kyle Dubas is is involved with the Toronto Marlies, the AHL team, and that there was some talk that maybe they're waiting to their season to be over, but. A that doesn't make sense, and B right. their season might not be over for another month. So, you know, you're clearly not going to wait. I wonder if it's more a case of just trying to stick handle the internal politics and figure out mm. how do we how do we approach this, and can we keep Mark Hunter? Can we, you know, I I, I imagine if if Kyle Dubas is the pick, that they would very much like to be able to have a press conference with. Kyle Dubas sitting there next to Brandon Shanahan next to Mark Hunter and have Mark Hunter say, everything's great. I can't wait to work. And, you know, maybe Lou Lamorello there too, if he hasn't gone to the Islanders yet, present the United front. So uh, maybe mm. there's, maybe there's more politics going on behind the scenes than we think, but like because had, it doesn't, but there's been two years to do this. Like they've had all yeah, the time in the world to do this. They've, they've had all, and you know, they've had, and they don't have that much time. I mean, we're into this, what is it? Second week of May six weeks from the draft. Like I know it feels like it's still a long way away, but we're six weeks from the draft. We've already seen other teams making trades. We see, I mean, Carolina made a trade, even though they don't have a GM somehow. So you would think you want to have this in place and lock down. So I, I like, I'm not as a Leafs fan, I'm not concerned yet, but if, you know, if this goes much longer, I'm going to start wondering what's, what's going on because you're right. If, if, if there's a succession plan in place, ac- activate the plan and announce it. And if people are unhappy and want to leave, then unfortunately that's how the business works, but let's move forward. So I don't know. It, it might be that there's just people internally who have to make decisions about what they want their future to be. And they're, they're trying to give them enough time to do that. Yeah. it's probably that last thing, but I don't know. The idea that you need Mark Hunter there at the press conference to present a united front type thing. I think if, you know, they give or even job- just, you know, it just it, to make him available somehow that because uh, because nobody in the Leafs is allowed to kind of talk to the media on their own. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, that would certainly reassure a lot of people that, uh, you know, this is this is all in place, but maybe not. We'll see. Maybe maybe you can't do it. So. 
ready for some questions? We got we got a few minutes ready. left. Look at this. I think I think we timed this episode out amazingly. This was the perfect amount of hockey content. What, not too much. Not 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 so little where we're scraping by with me doing Australian accents for like ten minutes. Nobody wants that. Um, Gary Gary wants to know what do you think about the NHL adopting the international ice rules in order to reduce head trauma? Oh, and oh, the international ice size he wants to know. International ice. Um, A, I don't think that would help all that much because the the you know it uh, we we're not seeing that much head trauma from like accidental collisions or guys not having enough room that happens sometimes, but it's, you know, we're, we're still seeing it. It's, it's a, on just the, you know, concussions come from a, just the small standard contact that just happened, you know, all the, all the little hits that add up and all the stuff that doesn't seem dangerous, but it turns out to be, and and that's not going to change no matter what size the ice is, or it comes from, the big open ice Tom Wilson type hits where if guys are looking for that changing the ice surface, isn't going to help that either. So yeah. I feel like the, the league had a chance to change the ice surface for whatever reason they wanted to back in the nineties when the last round of arenas came, maybe we're starting to go into that cycle again, they could do it, but it's, I, I've become convinced over the years that it's not like you could just go to arenas and say, make, make the ice 10 feet wider. That does screw up the seating and the sight lines and everything. So I think it's it's probably a moot point, but I don't think it would. I don't think that's the solution to this problem. Yeah, interna- international ice is bad. It's too it's too much ice. It's not. It it also doesn't increase scoring. No, that's anyone a problem you too. know people who think that's gonna help go go watch go watch international hockey that's not like the Olympics and report back. It's it's if anything, it's worse. It's too much in terms of the too much, it's too much ice to cover. It's, it's, it's not, too much. It's well, it's, it's not, I mean, it was too much ice to cover. Maybe that it like, it, it helps a little in the neutral zone, but then you get in the offensive zone and you're not scoring from, from 50 feet away in the end boards. Like it's not, you go around the perimeter all you want. You're still, you're not going to score from out there. So the extra room doesn't help you. Jackson Kaplan, who has a better chance of making the playoffs next season, Edmonton or Vegas. I mean, mm. I'm I'm all, I've already reserved my spot on the Vegas is going to miss the playoffs next year bandwagon, which I don't even know if it's a bandwagon. I think that might just end up being a consensus opinion. So I'll say Edmonton. <sighs> I like I feel like Vegas is going to take this run and now be able to attract players, and maybe they'll they've got cap room, so they might make a trade That's to pull the guy. Edmonton sucks. Still Peachy or Ellie over there. Pete, like, like I could see Vegas doing something where they make a trade to get better. Well, I could see Vegas trading like Ryan Nugent Hopkins for like a bag of salt. You know? Yeah. Got, got a salt the ice be, out here in Edmonton. Yeah. yeah Vegas will be an, an attractive free agent destination. I didn't really think of that. But, yeah, because they're, you know, if, if they're winning, but, you know, seems like a nice place to live. Lots of cap room. I don't think they have tax out there. Is that true? Where in Vegas? In Vegas, like, do they have? Um, I like, don't I think know. it's more like not not that they don't have, but I think it's like a Florida situation where the right, like the state the or the tax rates. You know, if, if you get the same offer from the Florida Panthers and the Montreal Canadiens, the Panthers are are offering you ten or twenty percent more because of the tax situation. I think it's the same in Vegas. Hunter Lehman, final question of the show, in layman's terms, get it, Hunter Lehman. Uh, did the Capitals just save Barry Trotz's job, and is that actually a bad thing for their future? Um, maybe they saved his job. 
I don't know it's, if it's a bad thing they, for the future. They did unless he doesn't want to be there. They're not going to fire a coach for losing in the conference final. And is that a – yeah, I think Barry Trotz is a good coach. Yeah. I mean, have you seen what else is out there? He's some Jim Montgomery guy. Wasn't he like a middle reliever for the Rangers in like the 80s? I, I don't know. I don't know who these college coaches are. You're, 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 yeah. you're either going to you're either going to sign a college coach – an AHL coach or a guy who played for your team in the nineties that had a lot of points. Yeah. So, and I feel like the capitals do have like a good candidate. I don't know if it's an assistant or an AHL guy, but I feel like they do kind of have that plan in place where maybe they were waiting for Todd. Reardon, for, yeah. yeah, that was it. So yeah. yeah, but I, no, I mean, Barry Trotz is a good coach and I think you're, uh, I, I don't know. Did they save his job? I don't know necessarily that he was, I, I think he was gone if they lost in the first round. Second round, maybe, but yeah, I think they're I think they're, they're set. They'll, he's all right. <sighs> well, there you go. It's ten fifty nine on my on my phone, so that means the show's over. We're done. We're done podcasting for the week, and it's continuously worked out where we keep coming in here on Tuesdays because that's our day. And the way the series have ended, it's all worked out really well. So we'll be back here next Tuesday for sure. Um, we'll be two games into the conference finals by then yeah <laughs> i wonder if they're going to release the western final schedule even though we don't know yet who for sure it is that can they give us the contingencies on yeah on they Thursday? should because they did that they did that for the for toronto and boston last round eventually um so yeah re- read my stuff go to go to the itunes go to wherever just hit just, cl- just say we're five stars even if you don't think we are just just go and do it we, we we need you we need your support we can't we can't survive i mean we could survive right but i mean technically probably would our podcast couldn't survive so yeah that's 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 it for me that those are my those are my plugs those are my stuff that i'm gonna say and they'll stop talking yeah, and uh, that's that's it. Uh, read my usual stuff. I think maybe the grab bag might come out on Thursday uh, to make room for uh, conference final preview on Friday, both on Vice Sports and a bunch of other stuff on Sportsnet. And uh, yeah, that is it. Thanks, so, everyone. There you go. See ya. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.